Step three. Got it! Oh, how good is Steph Curry? On one, James. Oh, you LeBron drops the anvil. Marines with the defense. It's time for Under the Hood Basketball Pod with Jay Hood. Oh. God, welcome in to the Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood podcast. I am Jay Hood. Thanks so much for downloading the podcast. All I ask is for you to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast feed. Look for Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood and say what's up to my family from the ESPN Chicago app. If you're listening via the Cap and J Hood podcast feed, thanks so much for checking out the podcast. If you need basketball content, I got you. I got you. It could be college. It could be pro. It could be the Chicago Bulls. But I got you with basketball content right here on Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. I got three big stories. It could not wait. I need to talk about it right now, Tuesday afternoon. The big stories that took place around the NBA. It's been wild the last 24 to 48 hours. Number one. Adrian Griffin has been fired by the Milwaukee Bucks as head coach. He was only in the position for 43 games, 30 and 13. Now, as I record this, I don't know if there was something other than what I'm going to tell you that happened behind the scenes with Adrian Griffin. But obviously on the surface, when you think about this, 30 and 13, he's out after 43 games. The team was playing well. Now, I'll say that there was rumor about Adrian Griffin and his job before the Bucks played the Detroit Pistons. Now, those are two close games. I mean, the Bucks are much better than the Pistons. Obviously, the Bucks are the hammer and the Pistons are the nail in this equation. You know how bad the Pistons have been. You know the struggles they've had. But the problem with the Bucks, from what I understand from a source that's close to the Bucks organization is, is that the defense needed to improve and that he, Adrian Griffin, lost the locker room. This message I have in front of me says that probably this whole thing stems back with Terry Stott stepping down before the season. Terry Stott's a longtime Portland Trailblazers coach, was an assistant on this Bucks team. Stott stepped down quietly before the season started. And the feeling is, is that Griffin had this team playing the wrong defense out of the gate and never really got Giannis and Giannis's trust back. Now, this is a situation that could be that Giannis Antetokounmpo, and usually how, you know how this works you know, in sports, if the lead dog of a team is not happy, then nobody's happy. And so that's interesting. From Sham Sharania uh, from Stadium, who does a great job covering the NBA, he wrote in his piece today that Doc Rivers, who is a color analyst for ESPN ABC, the lead analyst, was a consultant with the Bucks. Oh, man. So that is interesting in itself. I thought that Doc was completely done with coaching or being attached to any team after his debacle in Philadelphia, the Clippers, all the places that he's been where he's been a bridesmaid and not a bride. He does have one NBA championship, as you all know, with the Boston Celtics. But it just seems, though, that Doc is kind of like the Buck Showalter lately of basketball in that you can get the team to a certain point, but you can't get them over the hump. Well... As I see this, I think it's very interesting that Doc Rivers, who is the lead analyst for ESPN ABC with uh, Mike Breen, could be the new coach for the Bucks. Now, there's some stories here that I have in front of me regarding um, Adrian Griffin. And I'll just say that, okay, so through 43 games, you know it's broken? I mean, it's the same 
Bucks team that just had to have Damian Lillard. You know who the who was behind that? Giannis. Giannis said he needed help. If you go back to the offseason and how frustrated he was that the Bucks got bounced out so early in the playoffs, the whole thing was is that Giannis Antetokounmpo said, I, I need some help. I'm going to need some other players. We need to change some things around here. Because it, it had vibes. Giannis had vibes like he was going to leave. And you know how this is in the league. If uh, a player's not happy or the player doesn't get what he wants, they move on to someplace else, like it's AAU. So they got Damian Lillard. And so the defense was not up to snuff. And Giannis never had to trust with Adrian Griffin. He's out after 43 games. How about Woj and what they say on NBA Today about this whole situation? Bill Prunty is expected to be the interim coach. You've seen him as an interim coach uh, previously in Milwaukee after Jason Kidd uh, in Atlanta also. Uh, But they're going to start a search immediately for a new head coach. They want an accomplished veteran head coach who's available. And I'm told that Doc Doc Rivers is among the very serious candidates that Milwaukee uh, is going to look at here as they move forward. Wow, so Joe Prenti takes over for the third time as interim head coach in his career. Adrian Griffin once again out as the Milwaukee Bucks head coach, and now a search commences. I have so many questions. Richard, but let's just start with your first blush response to this. Uh, it's shocking. You know, we had the opportunity to interview Adrian Griffin at the start of the season, and just, you know, so many times coaches say, when you take over as a first-time head coach, you don't realize all the decisions that you are having to make. I was a part of a team in 2016 uh, that let go of their coach, and, and, and T. Lou took over. But I, I, I think that situation was very different because you had an individual that had been there with that group for two years. Right. It wasn't a new voice. It wasn't, it wasn't a new system. So to bring in a Doc Rivers situation, to bring in anybody in there, it does add a difficulty. We saw it last year with Quinn Snyder right. coming in. In there in the middle of the season. So you heard from Richard Jefferson and Malika Andrews and Adrian Wojnarowski about that news that Adrian Griffin is fired. Outside of the defensive woes, is there something else that I'm missing with Adrian Griffin? So he can't get a season? He can't get a year? To find out whether or not he can be the guy or not? I mean, the team is going to be good as is. Now, how long will they be in the playoffs? Can they get to the finals? I mean, again, it all depends on the offseason. But it has to be so bad with Adrian Griffin that they fired him now. And so you heard from Richard Jefferson how difficult it is for a head coach to jump, jump in midstream. Joe Prunty is someone who I know. Joe Prunty, I've done talk shows with uh, Joe Prunty, who's an assistant coach with the Bucks on Sirius XM NBA radio. So I, I know him. And, uh, you know, that would be a fine choice um, to be the interim coach for the rest of the season. I think that he's very respected, Joe Prunty. But Doc Rivers... Who was, who was just doing broadcasting, and so now going back into the mix? Okay. I, uh, I disagree with that unless there's something that I'm missing. Again, I got the source about how the defense wasn't going well, but it doesn't mean the defense is going to be that way the entire time. Uh, it was Kendrick Perkins that was on SportsCenter talking about this as well um, and about how he was surprised of the firing of Adrian Griffin. Did the Bucks fire their head coach? Is that the news, Shay? Did they fire their head coach before the All-Star break? That's what you're telling me? A team that's 30 and 13? But the writing has been on the wall, Shay. The writing has been on the wall since the start of the season, right? When you look at the... 
when we're watching, when I'm watching the game with my kids, I make them go to bed because I don't want them to see that type of defensive effort. <laughs> and the fact of the matter is, is that Adrian Griffin never had a voice and never had the locker room from the start of training camp. And now we're seeing this happen, which is still surprising. Yeah, and their bottom 10 in defensive efficiency as they decide to part ways with their head coach, Adrian Griffin. And so where do they go from here, Perk? Where do the Bucks go from here? They obviously have an all-star caliber roster, so much talent on that team. Seeing such turnover at the head coaching position there with this Bucks team, what do they do now? I mean, it's a lot of, it's a lot of coaches out there. You know, Doc Rivers, for example, that is out there. They got the championship pedigree. But you got to bring someone in that has a championship pedigree that those guys like Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to oh listen to, right? You can't bring in an assistant. You can't bring in a guy that never coached in the NBA as a head coach. You cannot do that and expect for the Bucks to be successful. And being successful is them actually going to the NBA Finals and winning it all. And the answer is Doc Rivers? <laughs> I mean... I think that the NBA could do better than some of these retreads. Doc Rivers is the answer. Okay. We'll see how that occurs because if Doc's already been around the organization as a consultant, then you best believe that he'll be a top candidate to be the head coach. Lately a bridesmaid. Can he push him over the hump as a head coach? Don't think so. Number two. On Monday night, it was wild because it was Kobe Bryant night around the NBA. And what do I mean by that? Well, Kobe Bryant scored 81 points against the Toronto Raptors. I think that all of us as basketball fans and sports fans remember this, right? That 81 points from Kobe, it was amazing. Jalen Rose would never live that down because he was a primary defender against Kobe. And Kobe just had it, man. 81 points was just amazing. And I think that that got around the league to the point where teams started tailoring their offense to try to be able to surpass or match or honor a Kobe Bryant. I just think that that's ridiculous. I do. All at the same time, we got a Joel Embiid victory and the Philadelphia 76ers win. Embiid had 70 points, 18 rebounds, 5 assists. That's amazing. I haven't seen that kind of number since, what, David Robinson did it. They tried to uh, push him to get the scoring title with the San Antonio Spurs back in the day. But Embiid is a force. We all know that. That guy uh, should be MVP or definitely be in the conversation for MVP this year. He's just that good. However, I will still stick by what I said a couple of years ago. And even if I'm wrong, I'll be here to, to um, you know, I'll be here to take it from all of you. I think Embiid's going to want out of Philadelphia if, if that team cannot get to a championship level. I'm talking about getting to the finals. I think that there's a level of frustration there where Embiid's cool now, but I think he's going to try to get to a situation where he feels he can win a championship, even if he is the centerpiece. Um, but 70 points is just amazing. 70 points, 18 rebounds in a win. Giannis had 31 points and 17 rebounds and 10 assists. Great game for the Bucks who had their coach fired today. <laughs> Luka Doncic at 33 points, 18 rebounds, 13 assists. Again, great game for him. Uh, Wimbenyama from San Antonio, 33 points, 7 rebounds, 2 blocks. And by the way, Wimbenyama scoring 33 points and Embiid scoring 70. The Sixers did play the uh, San Antonio Spurs in that game. You thought the Wimby points were great, but then you saw Embiid double them up. Pretty damn impressive. Jason Tatum from Boston, 39 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists. Kevin Durant against the Bulls, 
for the Phoenix Suns. Set, uh, 43 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists, and had the game winner against the Bulls. Um, we don't have a lot of Bulls talk on this particular podcast. I'll just say that that was a hell of a ball game, really well-played game. In the Kevin Durant, this is why he's great. He hit that game-winning shot. And I didn't even get mad. You know, watching the Bulls, I said, you know, it's going to happen. When a great beats you the way that uh, Durant won at the horn with that buzzer, it is what it is, man. That's how great that guy is. We forget. We're so into uh, what what's new in the league and uh, who's going to win the championship and all these other things. But KD is still that dude. But we got to get to this one. And that is Carl Anthony Towns. With the Minnesota Timberwolves, a red-hot Timberwolves team, the best team in the Western Conference, Cat had 62 points, 8 rebounds, and 10 three-pointers. So watching the ebb and flow of this game, and I watched kind of like the highlights on NBA.com, saw kind of like the sped-up version of that game because I just didn't have the bandwidth to watch two and a half hours of a Charlotte Hornets victory over the Minnesota Timberwolves. So do you know about this? Have you heard about this story? This is crazy. Where are my notes? Hornets win 128-125 against the Timberwolves. Cat had a big game, but he was 2-for-10 in the fourth quarter. To the point where a man scored 62 points in what happened in the game, he had to be subbed out of the game, offense, defense, just for the Timberwolves to just stay in the ball game. How is it you score 62 points? And Chris Finch, the head coach of Minnesota, says, you're scoring a lot, but you're so bad defensively, we can't get you, keep you on the floor because the game is tight. How is it that someone scores 62 points and you lose the game against a nine-win Hornets team? Now 10 wins for Charlotte. That's how bad it was. That's bananas, but it happened. I'm not into plus minus when it comes to the NBA. If you if that's how you read your box score, that's cool. I think plus minus is hockey. I, I can watch a basketball team and, and, and watch a game and we'll know who's good on the floor and who's not. I don't need the plus minus for it, but it is in all of our box scores. And in the fourth quarter, I mean, it was like minus 14, minus 15, I believe, for Carl Anthony Towns. 62 points, but yet a, a, a liability defensively. Chris Finch, the head coach for Minnesota, not happy. Lots of times when just because you've scored two or three or four points in a row or baskets in a row doesn't, you know, obviously we're going to try to feed a hot hand, look for a hot hand. But at some point, we got to get back to making the right play. We got to get back to doing the right things. Um, and, um, you know, that's just uh, like I said, there's a lot of ways to be immature. There's always a lot of ways to be immature. Um, and there was a lot of immature performances here throughout the, the roster. We totally disrespected the game ourselves. Um, and we got exactly what we deserve. So, Chris, did, did you also see, I mean, did it turn into Carl trying to hunt? Like a, Absolutely. a big number. And- yeah, I mean it was. I mean, but for a while, I mean, it was going. Um, but you know, down the stretch, we uh, you know kind of dried up for us. But um, yeah. Oh boy, not happy was Chris Finch. You never hear that in the NBA today. Says, hey, was he hunting for points? Yeah, embarrassed the game, all that stuff. You know what? He's right. Now here's the thing. I believe that Chris Finch could still say the same thing if Minnesota would have beat Charlotte. 
it's embarrassing to lose to that nine-win team of Charlotte because they're not going anywhere. But the idea that someone scores 62 and they keep feeding the ball, feeding the ball, feeding the ball, and then still you uh, lose the ball game, there's a source of embarrassment right there. There's no question about that. How did that happen? Well, it happened. <laughs> I, I just... I just think that if you're going to feed someone the ball that often, and that's exactly what happened with Carl Anthony Towns, you are supposed to win that ball game, uh, just like the Sixers did with uh, Joel Embiid. By the way, in the same game, if you're wondering, where was Anthony Edwards? He scored nine points and had 11 assists. The 11 assists is cool, but he had nine points. He, I don't think he scored in the, in the first half, or very little in the first half, if I can recall. Uh, watching the sped-up version of this game. 62 points and a loss. Damn. That's messed up. Number three. And there was a trade, and it's now with the Chicago Bulls. What are the Bulls going to do with Zach Levine being hurt again? What move can the Bulls possibly make to make the team much better or put them in a position where they're top six or top eight in the East? Got to play better, as is. No one's trying to help the Chicago Bulls. The number three is the Miami Heat. They have acquired Terry Rozier from the Charlotte Hornets for guard Kyle Lowry and a 2027 first-round pick. Interesting to note that uh, Kyle Lowry was on his way out of the Miami Heat anyway because on Monday, Kyle Lowry took everything off of his Instagram and social media. It wasn't even Kyle Lowry, Miami Heat. He was just Kyle Lowry. Like, he had nothing on his social media um, I think it took a lot of stuff from the Miami Heat off of his socials. So he is uh, now with Charlotte, and I'm sure that uh, he'll be a free agent at some point as well. So the pick, by the way, will be lottery protected and unprotected in 2028. And if the pick does not convey, Rogier is averaging um, 23.2 points to go along with his six rebounds and 3.9 rebounds per game this season. Lowry, of course, a six-time All-Star NBA champion in 2019 has it registered just eight points a game and four assists. Uh, there's been a disconnect, from what I understand, with Lowry uh, for a year plus with this team, and so now he is a Charlotte Hornet. Congratulations. And now here comes Terry Rozier. Uh, I think that he can add some scoring to the heat that they desperately need, and so that trade took place on Tuesday. We thank you, Jay Moore, for producing this this uh, podcast and thank you for listening and being part of this show don't forget to like share and subscribe the under the hood with john the hood podcast and thanks so much on espn chicago for checking out this podcast you want more basketball i got it for you me jay hood right here on the under the hood podcast <laughs>